the gloves are about to come off. It is time to drop your butt. <laughs> Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. I'm Sean Ross. And I'm Ricard Foyer. And we are talking week three of Australian Survivor, Blood vs. Water. It's been a big week. We've lost some legends. I should say a legend. A legend. <laughs> a hero, <laughs> a villain, and a winner pick. Oh. One of our winner picks. Your oh, winner not pick, my winner fact, pick. Ricard. That was your winner pick, no? What? Wasn't Amy your winner pick? Oh, Amy, yes. I thought yeah. you were talking about the legend. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, no, Amy was... See, I was on the fence when I said that in episode one of our recaps. Because there was just something about all these emotional connections they were giving us with Amy. But, but Michelle, my actual first winner pick, is still in the game. Yeah, well... You're lucky because you actually picked five winner picks. Yes, and so Sam is there. <laughs> really created a safety net for yourself. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good that one of them might make it far. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. What did you think of this week, Ricard? Lots of big events. You know, I feel like it was all over the place. I feel like um, with Sandra's vote out, I feel like they kind of made her look... Not the best. They made her look like she was a nuisance to her tribe. She, like she wasn't benefiting them. She wasn't good in challenges. I, I feel like they went above and beyond to give us reasoning for getting rid of her when she could have been made to look better. And her just being Sandra was enough reason for her to go. But then we have the Sophie boot, where they made Sophie actually look pretty decent and mm -hmm. have a nice little farewell. And then Amy, Amy's boot was pretty good, like good blindside she thought she was in control I, I just feel like it was all over the place and not really consistent with how they the treatment they gave the uh boot hmm. interesting because i felt like they gave sandra a really nice send-off i see what you're saying about like the pre-strategy pre-tribal strategy of it all where they were like you know taking out the week and blah 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 but i felt like she got a pretty good send-off i was surprised at how great Sophie's send-off was after everything that has gone down with Sophie, not just outside of the game, but also in the game. Uh, they gave her quite a heroic send-off, I thought, but we can get more into that as we get to episode eight. But let's just get straight into it with episode seven, and it opens with Nina reflecting on her game, saying she feels like she's in a good place on her tribe, and she's in this great alliance. Uh, of course, Jordy is giving us a beautiful homage to Johnny's pasty white bum from <laughs> Champions versus Contenders 2, as he's flopping around the water. Anything to say about the bum, Ricard? Oh my gosh, that was the cutest. So the bum itself is all right. But that was just the cutest scene of him popping up and being like, did you see it? Did, did you see? I think it was over here. <laughs> that was so funny. I thought it was such a cute scene. It really shows like the difference in like the culture over there of things being a little bit more mellow, a little bit more chill. That would not be something that is permitted on American Survivor by any means. Like you just could not do that even as a joke. Um, and I don't mean how like the US would receive it. I mean, 
you can't do that. <laughs> that's against the well, rules. <laughs> yeah, that's like a post-39 rule. Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was just kind of a, it took me back a little bit to just older American Survivor. And so it was just like a cute little scene. Yeah, I think the benefit of having these long episodes, these hour and 10 minute episodes or whatever they are, is that you can have these little like cute camp life scenes that have largely been removed from US Survivor. I mean, obviously, we're talking about a bare bum here. But you know, there are other things I'm sure that make camp life fun and silly. And we just don't really get them because we have to spend so much time reading pieces of paper and, you know, strategizing, which is fair. Uh, We want to see that too, but it's nice to have some breathing room in these Australian episodes where we can get a little taste for like the social dynamic and like the playfulness among people. Yeah, I mean, I remember just thinking of that really funny scene that you and I were talking about where Nina was like, oh, the shelter is great. And then it falls and then just Mm -hmm. them trying to put the shelter back together as it is falling. And all I was thinking was our first night at Uwa our shelter fell and we all fell through the shelter onto the ground. And it was such a funny moment and we're laughing and it's pitch dark and like pitch black. And we had to just decide to sleep on the dirt or rebuild the shelter at like three in the morning or whatever time it was. And I remember being excited to see that scene and I was like, Oh, they just aren't showing any of our camp life. Dang. Mm. All right. Cause I thought it was just such a fun moment when Ua was so serious all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I miss, I really wish you all had seen some more camp life. Yeah. Well, let's get back to Australia and the <laughs> tribes are heading, <laughs> not to sound like shut up about 41. <laughs> that was a bad segue. Let's get back to Australia. Enough, Fiji, we're not there. Get over it. Tribes are headed into a reward (laughs) challenge, and they find out that they're dropping their buffs. Ah. Thank you, Jonathan, for the plug. Uh, Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts (laughs) or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, It is a tribe swap. So we are swapping tribes, and we have a new red tribe, which is Amy, Jordy, Dave, Shay, Mel, Nina, Sandra, Jordan, Josh. Hope you got that. The new blue tribe is Michelle, Jesse, Khan, Ben, Sam, Sophie, KJ, Chrissy and Croc. Now, Mark does not get a buff. Mark is given the choice here of which tribe to join. I really like this element because typically when there's a tribe swap and a contestant does not get a buff, it means they're exiled or something, and then they're going to join the tribe that eventually loses immunity and votes somebody out. That's always like so anticlimactic to watch a little bit because it's like okay now we're just not going to see this person or we're going to get one shot of them alone on exile and then they're just going to join this tribe and it's like eh, it feels like not much is happening there but in this case where he's given a choice it's like oh now this is interesting this is like a game move nobody's going to be separated we are still going to be able to watch mark play and have this really interesting choice and it's especially interesting because he ends up choosing the red tribe, which is not the tribe that his wife, Sam, is on. So it's a really interesting choice. What did you think about Mark's choice here? I have so many conflicting thoughts because I'm just thinking about the optics of it from the other tribe members. Him choosing not to be with his wife is going to show him as being strategic and him having a reasoning, whether it be the right reasoning or not, having a reasoning and thinking through the game of why he needed to not be with her. Then um, I felt like he made a great decision because 
we saw in season two of Australia that they do not have they did not have the best boundaries with not showing their love and affection with each other. And I saw a little glimpse of that when they got to be with each other for the cheese board mm-hmm. um, reward. You know, they were hugging just a little bit. They were kissing a little bit, which everybody else was. So it, it, it's just such a strange dynamic of they're probably trying so hard to hide how close they are in their relationship. But everybody has that closeness and a relationship. So would they really have an extra target on their back by showing it? I I, I don't think there was a right choice um, strategy-wise, but I think he made the right choice for himself. I really do. And I think he made the right choice for Sam, because even if she was frustrated for a minute, I think this is going to overall benefit their game. And... Mark said something along these lines of they can both create strong personal alliances and merge those alliances later, as opposed to having one strong alliance against the other tribe if they were on the same. So I think, I think, I don't think there was a right call, but I think he made the best call. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, I mean, it was sad to see Sam upset here, like we saw. uh, It was really sad. With this for like a couple of episodes being like, you know, I really want to play this game with Mark. Now is our chance and he didn't do it. But ultimately, I think it's the best choice because we're seeing and maybe Mark read this situation, but wow, we're really seeing the couples get targeted Mm -hmm. and broken up. I mean, there's not uh, a mentality of like taking out one person and then taking out their uh, partner in the game. There was early on with like Kate and Andy, but like this has been really interesting that especially like people who are perceived as power couples are being broken up. And I think Mark and Sam are clearly a power couple. So I think that keeping their distance is probably the best thing that they can do up until the merge. Yeah. I think the only tricky thing with this will be, will they be the last couple standing and have the only target on their back of, mm. you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, Nina, of course, ends up with Sandra on the Red Tribe. And she's worried. Uh, she's worried that Sandra's going to put a target on her back. She didn't really want to play with Sandra this early in the game. And, of course, we're going to see all of this play out uh, throughout the episode. But let's get to the reward challenge. They're playing a boat version of tug of war uh, to win some hot dogs and we're getting a lot of content about sandra struggling in the challenge she's a bit defiant about her performance you know did you notice when mark is like trying to explain to her how to row in sync with the other tribe members and then like you know of course they lose every time sandra's in the boat and then (laughs) she goes back on the platform she's like every time he said row i was rowing and it's like I was surprised because we've seen Sandra really take a back seat in the challenges, but here she genuinely seemed frustrated with uh, her ability in the challenge and also with sort of like the group dynamic of having to lose this and it being because they're not rowing in sync, et cetera, et cetera. You know, what's funny about that was... I rewound it because I was like, damn, was Sandra the one messing this up? She wasn't. No. Like, she was actually paddling her ass off. Was it in sync with what Mark was saying? No, but nobody was. And he was saying row so quickly that it was kind of a really hard cadence to keep up with. But it was not her. She was not the weak link. And that's why I was saying earlier, like, why are they clowning on her? Why are they making her look like the weak link? Why are they making her look defiant of, I was paddling every time Mark said to. Now, with the, like, 
I don't know if she was just extra frustrated that day, or is this the automatic switch of being with your loved one and all of a sudden feeling complacent and a lot more comfortable, where Mm. she was watching every word she said prior to this swap. The second she's with her daughter, she's like, girl, you saw me, right? You saw that I was doing, like, her her comfort level switched dramatically to being able to say and stand up for herself. And I think that is the same thing I was thinking of like, oh, if Sam and Mark were together, this is the danger. You can't help but feel comfortable with your loved one. Yeah. And we're going to see that in the immunity challenge too, right? When she's sort of like backseat driving Nina's yeah. calling of the of the table maze. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that. So ultimately, the Blue Tribe wins the reward of the hot dogs. And at the Blue Tribe, they're enjoying, enjoying Big Tony's hot dog stand. It's Tony. <laughs> I don't know who Tony is. I thought, like, is this a reference I'm not getting? I know I haven't seen every season of Australian Survivor, but I would like to meet Tony. (laughs) I don't think it's Tony, two-time winner Tony, and think they were bringing out another two-time winner to Australia. Uh, That would have been a good twist. (laughs) Tony's head popped out of the hot dog stand. (laughs) I don't know. I like. I could. I. I wanted to get the reference, but I was like, you know what? I'm not. I'm not gonna like. Google anything and risk spoiling something. If any Australians know who Tony is, please get in touch. Without spoiling anything. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. he's like a winner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's a couple interesting dynamics here going on during this reward. Uh, one of the issues here is that Sam is is dealing with her reunion with Sophie. They are now on the same tribe again. And they're rehashing the Sophie vote (laughs) and trying to put it behind them. But Sam just is not trusting her. Sophie's acting very like, let you know, like, let's move forward. Let's move forward. And then the second Sam is gone is like, I hate Sam. You know, it's like (laughs) demon Sophie comes in. (laughs) So we can see that that is brewing. Um, Something else is that Chrissy is reunited with Croc. Uh, love seeing them together. And love. of course, Chrissy spots a hidden clue in the hot dog cart and she goes for it. She manages to get it and hide it and pass it to Croc without anyone noticing, like in plain sight of everybody. So listen, the way that he grabbed that thing from her, I was like, <laughs> what the f-? First of all, your wife's going to be mad because what is this maneuver of like, (laughs) he like wrapped himself around her like a damn coat. He's like shoving his hand so awkwardly in her shorts. (laughs) It's like the most unsmooth moment, but they made it happen. Yeah. Yeah. She gives me my favorite quote of the season so far of C being lazy counts. I just sat my big ass down (laughs) and found that clue. (laughs) Yeah. This has been a great week for Chrissy, I must say. I mean, yes. jumping ahead a little bit, but like we were saying last week that Chrissy had sort of disappeared into the background, but she is back with a vengeance. Uh, she's so fun to listen to and to watch. And, you know, when Chrissy smiles, the world smiles. And she smiles about her. constantly. Even she's when she's upset, smiling. she has that like standing smile face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She tilts her head down, puts her eyes up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, So based on the clue, Chrissy goes idol hunting with Croc, and of course they find it, and she gives it to Croc. So Croc is hanging on to the idol. Croc also drops a little bit of wisdom here that Sandra shared with him, where he said, first thing Sandra told me is, if you find an idol, don't tell a soul. 
I really like that. I really like that these people are like learning from Sandra. We've had so many comments about how they want to learn from Sandra. And I think Croc learned a very valuable lesson from her. Yeah. And you know what's funny here? We are getting a very similar edit, but no actual like knowledge on what happened to when, was it Michelle who saw, God, who found an idol? Remember that one episode where someone found an idol and Michelle's like, oh, she found an idol. Oh, Amy, Amy. When Amy, when Amy mm-hmm. found the idol. And we got like these these glimpses mm-hmm. of, oh, did she notice? Did she not notice? And we find out later in the episode, oh, she saw. Now in this episode, we're getting the exact same energy of did someone watch them find this idol? And it was so unnecessary, the amount of people at the water well, mm-hmm. the amount of people in the trees next to these, whatever the hell Chrissy was putting down her top. Like, <laughs> we got so many clips, but we never got the answer, did someone watch them find it? And I'm curious if we're going to get that answer later, or if it was just like this very strange editing. I think it was a fake out. And there's another fake out in this this week, which we'll talk about in the next episode, where it just feels so unnecessary. Yeah, that Sophie and, idol. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that like, I don't, I mean, obviously, I don't know what the camp looks like and where they found that idol. But the sense I got from when Chrissy and Croc went idol hunting was that the location of the idol was nowhere near the water well, like not in, in you know, direct sight line from yeah. the water well. So I was like, why are they doing this? Is somebody going to like walk over there? And it just never happened. So I think it was just a bit of a fake out. It seems to be something they like to play with the idol hunting scenes to make it seem like something's up, uh, leave their options open for editing later. I don't know what, but didn't love that. But hey, Chrissy and Croc have an idol. Chrissy's excitement is so cute. She says, I can't believe it. We're going to win. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> and I hope they do at this point. <laughs> I really, I would be so happy with a Chrissy win. Like, that would bring a lot of joy. I will say, like, I I didn't feel any excitement for Croc, because I feel in the back of my mind, I love Croc, I really love Croc, but I feel like we are getting consistently this, like, deep-seated storyline of Croc not fulfilling, like, his destiny or his potential in this game. Hmm. A few episodes ago, he specifically got this confessional about, I want to show the tribe I'm strong. I want to show them that I'm worth staying here, that I'm beneficial. And it's been every episode since, they're specifically showing him, you know, falling short in some capacity in these challenges. And not just that, not just like, oh, dang, I didn't win that one. It's showing the disappointment in him. Mm -hmm. And it feels like it's... I just feel like we're slowly seeing this prophecy of like, oh, they, they're not going to see a reason to keep him around. I, I don't know. I don't have a lot of hope for Crop Croc making it far based on this this storyline that they have brewing. I, I just don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Also, it's interesting how they've been pitting Mark against Croc it's uh, so week cute. after week. <laughs> and I mean, I like to see it in the challenges, but it's interesting. Like I started thinking about it this week from like a narrative perspective where... I just thought, is this really like, I don't think there's like any kind of rivalry between them. They just keep going up against each other in these one on one combat sort of challenges because they're like equally matched in terms of like size and physique. Mm -hmm. And 
that's it. And so it just feels like they're they're shoving that narrative down our throats a little too hard. And I wonder whether that's going to come to any sort of like conclusion in terms of strategy and to vote in the future. Yeah. I think that Croc could do quite well post-merge. I mean, I think he's going to have the issue of his size and athletic ability uh, working against him. But if he's still like quote unquote underperforming, which like to be fair, he does very well. But, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm in not these saying, one-on-ones with, yeah. with Mark, you know, Mark has won uh, several of them. But, you know, it might it might work to his advantage that he's not doing that great because people could say like, oh, look, he's really big, but look, he's not actually performing that well. He's not winning individual immunities. And so like he could squeak by on that, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll see. I don't know. It's just... It's just this little thing I've been noticing, and it's like, I I feel like every week, every episode, I'm waiting for this moment where he feels pride in himself. I don't feel like anybody's judging him, and I don't think they're trying to embarrass him at all. He's clearly doing well, but he seems down on himself. Mm. And it's like, I'm waiting for that moment where he comes back and has another confessional. It's like, oh, yeah, I did that. I I won that for the tribe. I I succeeded. I impressed them. Something. Because it was just so... He seemed so down when he said, I don't feel like I'm living up to my potential. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's also interesting to think, like, I think that Croc, I mean, so Croc being like uh, a well-known sports player, I don't even know what he plays, rugby? I don't, something with a a thing, a ball. Something with a ball. Shorts. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Footy? Is that what they say? I literally don't fucking know. I don't know if he plays footy. Because I, 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 whatever. I don't even know what footy is. Wait, what is. the fuck's footy? Um, is that football? We don't know. It's a soccer? No, I, I think, I know. I think it's a specific. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> We're embarrassing ourselves. I'm stopping. <laughs> whatever. He's a well-known person, right? And so obviously Survivor wanted him and they got Chrissy with him. But I, I get the sense that he wants to be there. I think he said something about being a Survivor fan. Etc. It, but it's interesting. It's it's like one of these cases where we, we see a lot of couples where uh, one person is clearly the fan and wants to be there and the other is brought along because it's their loved one, um, especially like thinking of Sophie and KJ. KJ's the fan. Sophie's the loved one with a big following that Survivor is thrilled to put on the air. Yeah. Um, and it almost feels like in both cases, I mean, Sophie came out hard early on, but also in the Croc and Chrissy dynamic, it's like Chrissy's coming out hard, uh, not in the same way, not in an aggressive way, but like she's doing quite well. And I think it's a, has a lot to do with her likability and her social game, which she may not even realize she has a social game, but but she does and she's doing quite well and she's found uh, two idols now. And I think she's just like kind of in a good place. Everyone talks to her. Everyone wants her vote. Uh, So it's interesting to see that dynamic that like Chrissy came in as the sort of wild card and is actually sort of outperforming, it seems at this point, her, uh, the the true fan, her, her, uh, what is brother-in-law? Brother-in-law. (laughs) Brother-in-law. It's like, can't keep track of these. Wait, she has two idols? Well, she found the idol uh, at Hidden at Tribal Council. Oh, yeah, I guess. She doesn't still yeah, have it, but she has yeah, found yeah. two idols, yeah. God. No, she's found two clues, and she's found two idols. Look at her go. Not everybody has that. <laughs> well, okay. Shay does. She, what, what is with people finding two things in this True. season? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you've got the eye for it, you've got the eye for it. Mm. 
Okay. At the Red Tribe, Jordy is concerned about Sandra being on the tribe. He says he's comfortable with working with Nina, but not with Sandra. A little bit of foreshadowing here. Mm -hmm. Mark explains that they're both at risk if he joins Sam this early. So he's talking about why he didn't uh, choose to join the Blue Tribe. And he says he's kind of like playing a long game where he wants them both to merge uh, with their respective alliances and be as strong as possible, which I think is like perfectly reasonable. And I think Sam probably realizes that as well. But there's like, I mean, this is the interesting thing about blood versus water. There's all of these, there's all of these variables that go into choices and reactions. And it's, I think it's difficult sometimes. And we're seeing Sam struggle with it a little bit, uh, balancing sort of like the the mind versus the heart, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also at the Red Tribe, Sandra is concerned because she's with David and Amy. She believes they've both written her name down. Of course, that is not true because David <laughs> did not write her name down. So we're still seeing this, this little plan from Sam continue to fester <laughs> in Sandra's mind. And like, I, I still think like with every episode that goes by, I'm like, well, this so far is the move of the season because she really got into Sandra's head with that one. I love that everybody continues to call him Juicy. Yeah, now he's <laughs> just going by Juicy. It's so cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knew that he would squeak his ass on by after like, being such a huge target? He might be like, end game can you even imagine he could be i mean it would be nice to hear from him every now and then (laughs) (laughs) we'll see uh, yeah we will see so sandra's also trying to leave nina alone and appear invisible which i think is like sort of her best course of action at this point there's not a whole lot else she can do nina is happy that she has her alliance intact on the tribe and has also gained her mom as like a potential extra vote so of course we have a majority of old blue on this red tribe and so nina's in a pretty good place here yeah it's so sad though because it's just it just feels like <clears throat> it just feels like Sandra really never had a chance here. Mm-hmm. And and with Nina, specifically Nina's personality, she is there for her game, period. It does not like I feel like so many people are like, you know, I'm going to, it's it's all about my game. We're going to have to take out our loved one at some point, but they're actually going to put in the effort. They're going to do what KJ did, where it's like nonstop. What can I do to keep this person safe? I understand they're going to go home, but let me put in a shit ton of effort to keep them safe. And Nina's mm-hmm. like, listen, girl, don't even include me. Just do it silently. Make it not hurt. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow. At least from the edit standpoint. Yeah. she. It's almost like she's waiting for this so her game can blossom. She yeah. wants this moment. And I think that just really shows her genuine love for the game. I don't know. I think it's really good. It's, it's just a different dynamic I have not really seen from Blood vs. Water seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because every time we've seen a loved one sort of have to side against their loved one, it's, well, it hasn't happened that often until now in Australian Survivor where it's now happening again and again. But uh, typically it's really just like after complete defeat, right? We, mm-hmm. We've tried everything. It's not going to happen. And so now we have to vote my loved one out. And uh, here, Nina seems like, I mean, she doesn't want to lose Sandra. It would be nice not to lose her, but it feels inevitable. And she's trying to take the least amount of damage 
as a result of it, you know? Yeah. And I think it, it, it truly is inevitable. And she knows that. And they probably both knew that going into this. And so it's really like, Sandra, get as far as you can and then pass the torch to Nina. Yeah. that's a, That would be a difficult thing for me as a player. Not me as a past player, but just me as like a player knowing that I'm doing this to further your game. I'm only mm -hmm. there for you to thrive. Mm -hmm. And that must have been hard for Sandra to come to terms with that before the game. I, I, mean, I know she would do anything for her daughter, but still knowing I have no shot in this because this is my daughter's chance. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be, that's just a rough one. That's rough. It's interesting. I, I listened to an exit interview with Sandra and she was talking about making the decision to even go on Australian Survivor. And she said, that she had truly retired after Winners at War, as we've all heard that she retired. Uh, and of course, has come out of retirement, uh, you know, a year and a half later. <laughs> but <laughs> she said uh, the only thing that convinced her was that she could bring Nina with her. And uh, that she, like when they first called, she was like, hell no, I've watched Australian Survivor. It's way more difficult than U.S. Survivor. It's longer. Uh, the challenges are far more extreme and I'm not doing it. There's no way I'm doing that. And then they said like, you know, what, what if you brought one of your daughters? And that's when she said, okay. So I think that she already had it made up in her mind that she's going out there for Nina. Mm -hmm. And I just hope that that pans out for Nina because it could, it could. I think that she's in a good spot at this point. I think that now that Sandra's gone, she's in an even better spot. We saw her be a swing vote in the last vote, which felt like a very good position for her to be in. Mm -hmm. So yeah, okay. It is the dreaded day 16 and uh. the tribes are heading into an immunity challenge. They're going through an obstacle course. There's climbing, there's balance beams, they're smashing stuff, there's a table maze. It's a greatest hits of challenges. <laughs> and uh, ultimately, at the end of the challenge, where they have a table maze where there's, what, four uh, tribe mates on each corner of the table maze and, and a caller uh, directing them. We have Nina as the caller for Red, but we have this moment I alluded to earlier where Sandra is really backseat driving the <laughs> table maze. Mm -hmm. And I, it, it did feel like Sandra knew what she was doing in that moment. It almost would have been nice if she had been the caller uh, because we haven't, although she's participated in all the challenges, we haven't really had a chance to see her thrive in a challenge because so often she is just put in a combat scenario with Nina and Nina kicks, kicks her butt. Mm -hmm. But um, it was interesting to see, like it was like a very, you know, it was a very like family bickering moment where, you know, Nina's saying up and Sandra saying down and she's calling her baby. And yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like the mom really came out here uh, and, and ultimately they lose blue wins immunity, sending red to tribal council. And they really were like very close. I thought, mm -hmm. I thought the editing was just making us feel like, um, the blood tribe had caught up a little bit, but when you actually saw where the ball was, they were really three moves away from also winning. Mm -hmm. Oh, rough. But also, like Khan did an incredible job calling for the blue tribe. And, so like, good. They were quick on that table maze. 
So good. I, I What I loved the most was he was not the original caller. And they just organically realized who's doing this properly, who has it figured out, and it doesn't even have to be a conversation. That person takes over. And Khan did a really, really great job, was so precise with all the movements, was so concise with his wording. Good job, Khan. You did so great. You did so great. Okay, so Red is going to Tribal, and they have some scrambling to do. Sandra is dreading the Day 16 curse, Ugh. which, of course, is referencing once again that she has been sent home on Day 16 the past two times that she has played, uh, all in sort of like similar scenario. Well, so the Tribe Swap has really screwed Sandra in the past. And of course, that's the exact situation we're in here where she doesn't really have the time to sort of like fade into the background, which is what she has to do after winning twice. Like she has to have that opportunity to get to know people and then lower her threat level by just sort of like being in the background, having a couple of close friends and staying out of the limelight. She doesn't have the opportunity to do that here. They've really just been a tribe for a day and a half, two days at this point. Yeah. So she kind of like doesn't even have a chance. And this is sort of the same thing that happened to her in Game Changers. And it's really upsetting to see this play out again. It's I'm very curious what would have happened if Red had one immunity and Sandra had like those extra couple of days to sort of just solidify your space yeah Yeah. what are the fucking chances i mean like statistically of three times first of all tribal council landing on day 16 all three times that is that's crazy like that is that just doesn't even make sense and then for you to go all three times on that day Mm -hmm. i just how how is this even a thing i know (laughs) i know So Sandra is suggesting to the tribe that they target David, which is interesting, them coming from the same tribe. But it's sort of like Sandra read that, of course, we have a majority former blue here. Nina is in that blue alliance. And so, I mean, her best option is to throw somebody else from her original tribe under the bus. And if she can kill two birds with one stone, keeping herself safe and also taking out David, who she believes had targeted her targeted her in the past. I mean, he did target her in the past, but he didn't actually write her name down. Yeah. Um, then this would work out great for Sandra. So uh, Jordy, Jordan, Josh, Amy, and Dave suggest voting Mel out to keep the tribe strong. Mel, who has had zero confessionals still <laughs> as of this week. Um, God. And uh, Nina and Shay are brought in on that as well. Everyone seems quite content with a Mel vote. Um, and Sandra is already concerned. Her red flags are starting to go up because they're saying, well, okay, wait, you want to get rid of Mel because she's the physically weakest on the tribe? Well, Sandra knows that she needs somebody in front of her at all times. And if Mel goes home and she was the weakest, well, now Sandra's the weakest. Yeah. So Sandra's not super comfortable with this plan. I don't even... So I'm going to use a little bit of social media knowledge here. I'm so confused about Mel's edit. And everyone's saying on their Instagram stories, on their Instagram posts, oh, Mel and Michelle were challenge beasts. They cut out so much of their content. They had such epic duels, epic battles. They are making them sound like they are so strong and they are purposely hiding them from the edit. 
then we're getting all of this like Mel content where Mel is not actually getting to participate at all, <laughs> like vocally. And she's weak and clumsy and can't walk straight and is not helpful in any capacity. I'm like, which is it? Mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't understand what the view of Mel is. And is there actually this view of Michelle being a strong beast, but they want to put them together to, I, I don't know, like hype them both up outside of the game, which then to me, because Michelle is my one of my winner picks, <laughs> like, <laughs> but she was my big, my very first one. And so far I've seen Michelle only thrive. We may not be seeing um, mm-hmm. any challenge content, but Michelle is strong. She has great relationships. She was able to blend in immediately with Sandra and now her sister, Sandra, don't give no shits about her. She has not been able to have the same energy that Michelle had. And so I don't, I, I just, I don't really know how to feel about Mel at all. Because social media from the actual players is very conflicting with what we're hearing from those same players in the edit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say, you know, I, I mentioned that I listened to this Sandra exit interview that was on Talking Tribal. Uh Sandra talked about Mel quite a bit and said what we didn't see on the show is that Mel has an injured ankle right now. She rolled her ankle or something in a challenge. It's wrapped. And so that's like, that's (laughs) why she's weak. She can't participate in the challenges. Uh. So there's that issue, which is not being shown. And then Sandra also said something interesting, which was that she was going to Mel and being like, your sister is my number one ally in this game or like my number two after Nina, whatever. Um, she's like, like, please work with me. And I think, don't think she was getting any traction with that, which is quite interesting because remember, is it, is it Mel that's the fan or is it Michelle? Mel is the fan. Michelle. Mel is the fan. So you would yeah. think Mel would be like, holy shit, the queen is working with my sister and she's now wanting to work with me. Like, this is perfect. Like, that's a dream come true. Yeah, that's why I thought <laughs> Michelle was going to be the winner over the two of them because right, she, she yes. didn't come into this with like, oh, I have all these dreams of how I'm going to play. She's just, I'm going to beat my sister. <laughs> yeah, she's in the Chrissy situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's it's all like very unfortunate, but that, that's what I'm hearing is that Mel is actually has an injury, a legitimate injury. Her foot is wrapped. We're not seeing it, um, but that starts to make a little bit more sense in terms of uh, uh, targeting her. Okay, because of course Mel was the original Blue Tribe, right? So is that yeah. is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, interesting that they were putting her name out there. But then Jordy pulls Josh and Mark aside and says like, "This is too easy." Why don't we make a big move here and take out Sandra? And they all agree that Mel is more trustworthy than Sandra, which is probably a good observation. Um, And Shay is also, meanwhile, worried about her idol and the target that it's putting on her. So there's a few different things going on here. Uh, And essentially, we have the vote flipping from Mel to Sandra, thanks to Jordy. And like, look, I like Jordy. He seems like a good guy, but I'm not going to let this one down. And <laughs> <laughs> I saw a funny tweet that was like a picture of Jordy and someone saying, you will never be famous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but he made it happen. Uh, yeah. I, he made it happen. He, I love when he was describing the tribe 
and he was saying Nina's a legend. Like how much he mm-hmm. admires Nina. He loves Nina. And it's nice to see that they're able to overlook or look past Nina's heritage or her family legacy. It's a better way to phrase that. And really give her a fair shot at playing this game as an individual. Yeah. It's really, really surprising and nice to see. Mm-hmm. Oh. Especially considering their alliances, it's a, it's essentially a men's alliance. It mm-hmm. feels like a men's alliance. And Nina's sort of been allowed in. And I hope that she can ride that out. But I, like you see so many conversations between the men, you know? Well, what I think what's really interesting, we're going to see this two episodes from now, is the men's alliance with Nina, they actually feel like they have more women in it than the women feel like they are in it. Mm. Um, God, what's the one with the mustache? All these J names. Jordy. Jordy. Um, no, Jordy. So the other one with the mustache, that one of the cousins. Jordan. <laughs> Jordan. Jordan <laughs> thinks him and Amy are still tight. And Amy's like, nope. Yeah. We're not tight. He's in his own yeah. world. And just how much, especially those two's relationship, how much they are missing, like, they lack awareness of each other and their bond and what they should and should not say in front of one another is really wild to me because he thinks they are tight. And Amy mm-hmm. is in her own world being like, nope, we're not mm-hmm. a thing anymore. Nope, don't trust him. Nope, got to get him out. <laughs> it's so, yeah. what is going on? <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so let's go to tribal council. So Nina is not brought in on this plan pre-tribal, as far as we know. Uh, We see everybody else brought into the plan except Nina, and Nina kind of gave them permission to do that. She was like, look, I know that Sandra's going to be a target. If you need to take her out, just don't tell me. And so as far as we know, she was not told pre-tribal. It's a little unclear, but like clearly she figures it out during tribal. And, I mean, she does make a comment of the fact that Mark and Mel will not look her in the eye before tribal when they're yeah. talking. And so I think she was just more reading the body language and whatnot. Mm-hmm. At tribal, Shay talks about targeting the weak uh, because they need to win rewards and eat. So uh, I, I feels like they're still trying to sort of like blindside Sandra a little bit here by making it seem like the Mel plan is going forward. But I think the same could be applied to Sandra. Um, Sandra says that's BS and we get like a great tribal from Sandra here in my opinion she gives like a very great speech I think some people would read this as her sort of like fighting for her life but actually it feels more like she is resigned to what's happening and is going to like lay down some advice for these people moving forward which I really really like Sandra says that getting rid of the weak is BS she argues that you need to stay loyal because strength doesn't guarantee wins she kind of says like if you think that you're going to vote somebody out and then you're going to start winning all these reward challenges, you're dead wrong. That never happens. Tribes don't dominate like that. It just doesn't happen. And she says, what you really need to focus on is loyalty and your loyalty to each other because, as she said before, the weak will always outnumber the strong. And post-merge, the weak are going to get together and pick off the strong one by one, which... I get the sentiment. I like what she's saying. It's true. But I'm not sure that she's arguing this to the right people because like this whole tribe is full of strong people and all of the people who are leading the charge against her, I'm thinking Jordy, Jordan, Mark, Josh, Shay even, 
they are the strong ones. Yeah. And right now, the strong are outnumbering the weak on this tribe. So it's like she's, <laughs> she's sort of telling them, pick herself. off the weak people so they don't overpower yeah. you in this in yeah. the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah, so that's why I fully agree with you that she was giving advice to everyone or to the I'm using air quotes weaker folks of look, this is what's gonna this is what you need to do. Don't just focus on keeping the strength around. Mm. Yeah. I think Jordy is giving up the game a little bit here in Tribal because after Sandra's speech, he kind of says like, look, Sandra's experience on Survivor is irrelevant, he says, and that they have a plan and they're sticking to it. And then he says that he's going to have to go back to camp and face a loved one who just had their loved one voted out. And so it very clearly becomes... To Sandra, uh, it becomes clear that she is going home because Mel doesn't have her loved one on this tribe. Yeah. Nor does David, right? So none of the options that were brought up make sense based on what's being said at Tribal. And so Sandra is clearly aware of what's going on. Uh, JLP is asking Nina some questions and Sandra is spinning around <laughs> to look at Nina. And Sandra even says, like, look me in the eye when you answer this question. And Nina won't do it. Uh, and it's just like such a great moment that that really like highlights the blood versus water dynamic. And it's so great. Sandra knows she's going home at this point. And clearly Nina has read the room or been told that Sandra is the vote tonight. And I think is grappling with the fact that she's going to have to become part of that vote. Oh, uh, it's so sad. Like, I understand what Nina was doing. But watching Sandra just sit there and not even get like this last intimate moment of, you know, like an apology or like, it's okay, baby, or whatever. Just look at Jonathan. He's the one answering questions or asking questions. Don't look at me. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so, it's like so brutal and heartbreaking. (laughs) And Sandra's tough. She'll be able to, she'll, she'll be fine. But, as somebody who is an emotional human being, I can't imagine being in that situation on yeah. either side. <laughs> yeah. I think about the Nina situation. And like, I think this is why if I ever played Survivor, I would be not great at the lying part because it's like I, everybody thinks that they would be a great liar. And um, I mean, I think we saw you do quite well with that. But, um, <laughs> but if it came to looking somebody in the eye and especially somebody that you know, like, Nina looking Sandra in the eye and answering this question and it either being a lie or having some truth to it. If it were me, I know that when I looked that person in the eye and started talking, I would start crying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In the way that like we saw uh, in the next episode, KJ voting for Sophie and just bawling and coming back to sit down. Clearly Sophie knows what's up in that moment. Yeah. And it would just like, it's not even that there's a game to give up, but it's just like, you don't want to show that kind of emotion, especially at tribal council. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So I can really sympathize with Nina here because I'd be bawling. <laughs> <laughs> so it is time to vote. And wow, Nina votes out her mom. Oh, no. Jeff is rolling <laughs> in his mansion, not in his grave. He is rolling around his grounds. So upset that he does not get to use this content um, like he does for Sierra. I bet he'll still bring it up in the future. Somehow he'll incorporate this because he loves bringing up Sierra voting out her mom. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Sierra is rolling in her grave, which is draped with a Trump flag right now. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and a crucifix. Yes. Yeah. Sierra is a crazy person now. Okay. Just go to her Instagram. Just great friends with Joe. Okay. <laughs> but yes, Nina does vote out her mom. And in her confessional, she says, you always told me to stick with the majority, which is great advice, of course. Like, why would she vote for somebody else that she knows is not going home and then have to like live with that person and explain why they were the second choice for Nina. So uh, smart move here. It's really the only move for her. Then Shay plays her idol for herself. What okay. the actual fuck was this? No, I-, <laughs> I know exactly what this is. What? <laughs> well, we talked last week about how like Shay put herself on the block uh, when Alex decided to send himself home and they didn't actually vote. Remember, Shay said, Please put votes on me. I'm playing my idol. And last week I said, Shay doesn't want her idol. Mm-hmm. Shay wants this target off of her back. Everybody who has an idol that that people know about, and luckily like nobody knows about Chrissy and Croc's idol that we know of, everybody who's had an idol is totally targeted. Khan is constantly under fire. Every single episode we see people talking about his idol and getting him out or flushing the idol. So I think Shay is brilliant for doing this. I will say, I there was a sliver of hope that she was going to play it for Sandra. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, why no did they trick me into game. thinking that? <laughs> like, I thought, I was like, damn, she, especially with how conflicted she is of like, well, I don't know the plan now. Is it a different plan? I don't know where I'm voting. I was like, oh, she's really going to play this for Sandra. Damn! Like, oh, I thought that was going to be the most epic thing ever. However, I thought Nina was going to be collateral damage and go home in that moment. I really, like, I saw it all in my mind of, holy shit, Sandra is safe. Nina goes home because Shay plays an idol for Sandra. (gasps) And then that wasn't the case at all. Yeah. I mean, it would have been epic. It would make zero sense because Shay doesn't even know Sandra. Uh, she has no relationship <laughs> with her, and uh, and everybody back at camp would be pissed off at Shay, obviously. So it would make no sense, but it would have been incredible. I did think, like, I, I mean, hey, looking back at this whole episode, I thought Nina might be the boo. Like, yeah, all the confessionals were Nina-centric. She was talking about how great her game is. She was talking about not wanting to play with her mom and how that was putting a target on her back. And like, it just seemed narratively that Nina might be going home. That opening scene, I was like, shit, this is Nina's boot. All right. Yeah. Get get ready. (laughs) Yeah, they got me on that one. Yep. I will say. (laughs) But I did think during Tribal, I thought like, is there a chance now that Nina knows what's going on that she is going to talk to Shay and be like, please play your idol for my mom. Like, I'll do anything for you. Mm -hmm. But Nina's not willing to fall on that sword, I think. So, I I mean, it was the best move for everybody. It was the best move for Nina and Shay. But before I say it's the best move for everybody, was it the best move for everybody? Was Sandra the right target? Was this the right time to take out Sandra? Um, honestly, no. I agree. (laughs) I don't think I don't think so. I I think no. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree. It's like this tribe is confusing me a little bit because their alliance is so big and I mean it feels a little oniony. They're sort of like a core group of I would say like Josh, Jordy, 
Jordan and Mark, maybe. And then they seem to pull in David when they need him, and they pull in Nina. Um, who else is on that tribe? You know, they, the like cousins. Mel will vote with that. Well, yeah, they're, I, I mentioned them. I think oh. they're in the core. <laughs> we need a chart. We need like a minority report screen. Just of the J names. That's yeah. it. It's just. Well, we've got Jordy and Jordan on this tribe and it drives me nuts. And sometimes they call Jordan Jordy. Have <laughs> <laughs> you noticed that? It's too freaking much. It's wild. But no, um, I mean, in this moment, Nina. So especially because we're about to see this. Nina wants to work with one of the cousins. Josh, I think, the pilot. Mm. And, but she doesn't want to work with Jordan. And Amy wants to work. Am I talking about the right tribe? Yeah. And Amy yeah. wants to work with Josh as well. And then we have Juicy Dave, who's kind of a floater at the moment. And like Nina, Sandra, Amy, Juicy, like they could have made something happen. Mel. And overtaken, gotten rid of one of the cousins. Totally. There are so many other options here. Mark is awesome. He could be clutch with Nina. I don't understand this vote. I actually yeah, don't. I really don't understand it because everybody seems to have a great relationship with Nina. Nina comes with a free vote now with Sandra. And not only a free vote, but it's like, as we discussed last time, Sandra is not a threat in any way, shape, or form. She's never going to make it to the end because she will never win an immunity challenge. She won't find a hidden immunity idol. And you can get rid of her at any point. And so, like, if you have this free vote that comes along with Nina, it, it's fine if you don't trust Sandra, but they trust Nina. Mm -hmm. And I think you can trust Sandra by proxy because she's not going to go against her daughter, especially this early in the game. Yeah, uh, there might be some point, but it's like you can keep her through to the merge, see where your numbers are at, because I think you can trust Sandra a lot more than you can trust, say, like Jordy. I mean, nobody knows really where Jesse falls, right? Jordy's loved one. And if they get to the merge, like, is Jordy just going to start working with Jesse? And how are you going to ensure that that's all part of your alliance? It just feels like obvious to me that there are. Big threats, particularly Jordy, Jordan, Josh, that nobody's looking at. And I mean, it was them who managed to put the target on Sandra and like nobody kind of like questioned that. And yep. it frustrates me a little bit because I think they got so focused on this idea of like queen slaying and it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Jordy, you will never be famous. <laughs> <laughs> but they are just making him stronger. They're making. I know. Oh, I, know. I, I, I say that. I'm joking. Like, Jordy's doing very well. I'm just, you know, we hate to lose Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think it was the right move for the majority of the tribe. I think it was the right move for that core. But um, mm -hmm. no, I, I, I don't actually. I don't see it making any sense. Yeah. Uh, Sandra's parting words are really great. She says, Jonathan, I'm not even mad. I played for 166 consecutive days and no one can take that away from me. Oh, Sandra. Love her. Love her. An interesting piece of trivia I saw was that Sandra received the same number of votes at this tribal council as she had against her in all of her seasons on US. Like total? Total. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because the most votes she had against her was in Game Changers, which was a small tribe. And then I think she only had one vote against her in Winners of War because she was idled out. 
Mm-hmm. So, jeez, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's a legend. There's a reason she's a legend. She's a legend. Okay, I love how you're like. We're gonna blow through this episode so quick. Nothing to talk about. <laughs> let's blow through well, the next one. We don't need. Let's to talk go to about episode so eight, much. where there's also nothing to talk about. Okay. <laughs> so on the Red Tribe, Nina is reeling from the loss of her mother in the game. Jordy, Josh, Jordan, and Mark are talking about going to the merge together, solidifying their alliance. There's a really great moment. There's been snippets of Mark that I'm just like, I'm. <laughs> I'm marveling at Mark, not just because of his looks, but because he's playing the game really well. And he does these little moves that like, I'm just like that. That's how I would want to play this game. And I don't think I'm smooth enough to play it off. But we see this scene of Jordy, Josh, Jordan and Mark talking about sticking together. And they're like sitting on like the sandbanks by the um, by the water. Yep. And then Mark just bursts out laughing. And he Uh says, when you're laughing, no one thinks you're talking about strategy. Uh huh. I just loved that. It's so cute. That. And then they all crack up. And yeah. <laughs> it's a cute moment. Yeah, it's great. It's like, on one hand, it's like, okay, Mark, you're a genius. Because it's true. But also, if I'm Jordy, Josh, and Jordan, I would be like, oh, Mark. Like, Mark knows what he's doing. I'm like a little uncomfortable with Mark. You know but what I mean? But they're not like, questioning I almost him. Think, yeah. I know, I know. So is he painting a target on himself that's going to come to light post-merge, maybe. I don't know. He's just playing too well. I think he's smooth enough that they're not seeing it. And, I mean, they're all just bro-y bros, and they think they're dominating the thing, so they don't care. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Maybe they all have a big crush on Mark, like me. I do. Okay. (laughs) Over on the Blue Tribe, Sophie is acting like a weirdo. Clearly unable to move on from her earlier blindside, she has reconnected with her old ally, Ben, and she has got a fire burning inside of her. Sam is working on Chrissy and Con, trying to convince them that Sophie's dangerous to keep around. I really like this Sam and Con relationship we're seeing blossom Uh this week. I think that they're like a great strategic duo, and I've really enjoyed seeing like you know, people are pitch- pitching Khan to Sam. Uh, I think that KJ tells Sam that she would like to see Khan go. Uh, and I sort of think like, okay, logically, that might be good for Sam just to get rid of that unknown idol. But actually, if she has a better relationship with Khan, then that idol is essentially her idol as well mm-hmm. uh, or can be used in her favor. So... I think Sam's reading the room right here, and it's really fun to watch her and Khan scheme together. Yeah, and she definitely has an awareness about herself, uh, about the game of, she's even pointing out, yes, it's all nice to say that I can use this idol on myself as well, but it's still an unknown. And for her to always have in the back of her mind that you take out, even if you think something could be good, the fact that it has risk at all, you need to get rid of it at some point, and her knowing that, with Khan's idol, mm-hmm. she's just continuously showing awareness, like light years above most of the players in this game. Other than like Nina, it's the only one I think that's at her genuinely at her caliber. Yeah. With the awareness of the game, at least. Yeah. And there's this wild scene where <laughs> Sam and KJ are talking, and they are literally saying, like, 
So who do you think went home last night from the other tribe? Just like chit-chatting. Like, so <laughs> Sam's trying with KJ, you know? Yeah. And Sophie walks up and is just like, what, what do you want me out? <laughs> you want me out? Because if you want me out, I'm coming for you. And it's like, it's like chill. Read the room, Sophie. God. <laughs> um, and the way she attacks KJ after when Sam yeah. leaves, she's like, what were you whispering about? What were you whispering about? And then she goes, "Who?" I don't even know who she goes up to, but she goes up to somebody and said, my sister is sleeping with the enemy. She loves yes. saying sleeping with the sleeping enemy. Sleeping with the enemy, starring Julia Roberts. <laughs> like, what is going on? Like, she just accused Jordan of sleeping with the enemy a few episodes ago. I it's know. Like, Chill. This is your freaking sister. Like, she's having a conversation. Like, I don't know if you've heard of this game. It's called Survivor. You have to talk to people. <laughs> It's wild. <laughs> so weird. Uh, let's go to the immunity challenge. They are working together to hold up a series of discs. The last tribe with a disc being held up will win immunity. Mark and Sam, of course, both played this back in season two. I think that Mark says he won this one with Henry. Uh, oh. This was the, a great challenge in season two, right? They were being battered by uh, the water or the waves were like shooting up over that them, right? That was so freaking cool, it was Sean. Epic. Yeah. It was so cool. Do you remember? I think, yeah, I was texting you saying they're on fire. And you're like, what? Yeah. Because <laughs> there were torches in the disc. I mean, this time the discs had chains in them or something. But in the last one, they had torches. And I was like, I I don't know about that. I Like, I didn't notice the torches. And yeah. It wasn't really you necessary. I, uh, but <laughs> I this is honestly my favorite scene of the whole episode. This might like specific, like, it's such a small moment. Blink if you miss it. But the fact that Sam was like, listen. I have input. This is my plan. And then for them to like shoot the camera over to Mark doing the same thing, but giving different advice, both mm. very valid advice, I assume, for the challenge. I loved them being this like iconic power couple, but on separate sides and like really taking charge to like, I, I just loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Weird that well, we didn't even- get a reward challenge and we went straight to immunity. Yes. Now. True. True. There yeah. must have been one they cut. Maybe. Yeah. So there's another great moment from Sam in this challenge that is a low-key moment, which is that, you know, she uh, drops out of the challenge eventually. And so she's just like sitting there and she's sitting next to Khan and she takes this opportunity where they're all sort of like pretty well separated and says to Khan, like, so if we go, you know, she's kind of reading the room. If we're going to tribal, like, is it Sophie? Khan says, yeah. So it's just like a nice little moment of them confirming the vote. We're getting confirmation that they are indeed working together. Uh, they trust each other. So I liked that little moment of her taking advantage of sort of this endurance challenge where they have to sit out, but are not like they're not sitting on a bench together as a tribe. It's yeah. they're, they're separated. And I mean, now this is showing both of them actively thinking about the game while the game is happening with what, what was it? Was it last week where Mark pinned down that guy and yeah. was like, so tell me about Sophie. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> their, their minds are constantly going. Yeah. Oh, love it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Something else from this challenge I want to say is that Chrissy is in her challenge beast era. Oh my God. Chrissy lasted so long in this challenge. She outlasted so many of the big, strong men and not only in this challenge, but in the next episode as well, she does so well. And I just feel like Chrissy is really blossoming, and I love to see it. Chrissy's a fucking beast. She was doing so well. She was so direct with KJ of exactly what she needed. She's like, mm-hmm. you need to do this. You need to do this. Uh, this is what's going to help us get further. 
I absolutely loved it. All simultaneously, Mark, I died. He's making that cute ass little smile. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you know the <laughs> smile, but he's like just smirking with that little stick sticking out of his mouth. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, I could do this all day. Yeah. It's just so, it's, I, it was such a fun challenge to watch. I'm so thrilled for Mark. I'm so thrilled for Chrissy. So when Sophie says, do it for the kids, and she starts listing off her kids' names to KJ. <laughs> and then after the challenge is done, where blood wins, water does not, Chrissy drops with KJ, and Chrissy hugs Sophie and says, you shouldn't have brought up the kids. You talked about the kids. You shouldn't have gone there. She oh. she whispered that to Sophie of like, you fucked us up, lady. You made it like you put more pressure on KJ. You made us lose concentration. She specifically says you shouldn't have gone there to Sophie. I didn't even notice that. Yes. <clears throat> and so like that, that was like the exciting moment of like Chrissy is so direct and she can say whatever the fuck she wants to say. And I love it. I love Chrissy. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm going to have to go back and watch that scene again. Yeah, okay. right. Like right after they drop, Sophie gives her a, or she gives Sophie a hug and she's like, you shouldn't have said that to KJ. That was messed up. I know you were trying to be nice, but you shouldn't have done it. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Chrissy. Love Chrissy. Oh, and then Sophie goes up to Mark and says, Sophie's trying to get me out. I just love the little interactions of like, what do I do? Help me in this brief moment before we have to separate to our mats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, mm -hmm. that's it. <laughs> okay. So Red uh, wins immunity. Uh, Mark and Jordan and Juicy Dave and Jordy uh, uh, last uh, Chrissy and KJ, right? Um, so they win. Blue is going to tribal council. Over at the Blue camp, Sam wants the wild card out of the game, and she's working with Jesse to take Sophie out. It's nice to see Sam and Jesse still here. Like, we don't get a lot of Jesse content, but, like, they are a tight duo. I think they they're are, one and two with each other. They really, I think they're going to be an iconic duo that makes it far together. Like, I wonder what's going to happen if Sam reunites with Mark, where Jesse's going to fall into that, because, like, they have this plan of bringing together their alliances, but what are we going to have? Like, a, like Mark has been a working huge with Jordy, 10 person alliance. He's been on the same page as Jordy over at the That's other true. alliance. That's and true. So it could be genuinely a perfect merger. Yeah, true. So uh, they're concerned about the potential of Sophie having an idol, which is like, there's going to be a lot of like talk of does Sophie have an idol and Sophie's going to go idol hunting Ugh. and they're even going to Frankenstein together and edit to make it look like she found an idol. So, so unnecessary, but like, whatever. Uh, I think the problem here is like, it's such a straightforward vote and Survivor loves to blindside its audience. So they're doing what they can here. Uh, but what else goes into this vote? Sam talks to Michelle, Croc, Chrissy, Jesse, and Con, an iconic alliance, in my opinion. <laughs> um, they plan to split the vote between Sophie and KJ. So KJ could be collateral damage here if Sophie does find an idol. Sophie pitches uh, Con to Sam, Croc, Chrissy, and Jesse. So she's basically saying, look, Con has an idol. Uh, I'm happy to pretend that I know I'm going home. I'm the sacrificial lamb and will lull Khan into security uh, to not play his idol. And this is where things get a little interesting because people are playing along uh, with the idea of sending Khan home to Sophie. And 
Chrissy thinks it's Chrissy real. Chrissy is confused. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> she thinks this is the plan now. And she's like, so we're just going to put some dummy votes on on soap? <laughs> it's just like, yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> this is where Chrissy's greenness is showing because she's doing so well, but there are certain basic strategies that she's just not familiar with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and like, just not realizing like who we're talking to. It was very much, it reminded me of in Winners at War when uh, Danny sort of lets slip the like old school alliance thing. Uh-huh. Right? And it like sends herself home. And like, luckily Chrissy's not sort of like on the block here, but uh, it's uh it's just kind of a rookie move. I mean, it's cute and funny to watch. And it's funny to watch Croc trying to like cover the tracks in the moment as he's realizing what's going on. And obviously, like Chrissy's facial expressions are iconic and her confused <laughs> face is iconic. Her eyes darting back and forth, just being like <laughs> revealing the actual plan and then everybody else trying to cover it up and like then just being confused and saying like she's going to like screw this whole thing up. I, I loved it. Loved I it. loved it. I mean, obviously, they sorted out. Um we're going to tribal and it's, it's very clear that like Sophie is going home. Uh, there's maybe a question, are they going to try to get Khan to play as idol? But it, it, it's unlikely, right? It's, it's a foregone conclusion here. They go to tribal. Uh, things get heated between Sam and Sophie. Sam says she's never seen so many lies from someone. And Sophie replies, you're looking in a mirror, darling. I want to know uh, the like lies. Drama. I know. I, wanna, I would like, like to know the lies too, because I actually like, and, and look, I love Sam. But I don't know that Sophie has lied, actually. In the edit. In the edit. Yes. Sophie, uh, I mean, all of the reasons to target Sophie, 100% on board with those. But I'm not sure that she's been, like, lying and scheming. There must be something, because this has been an ongoing thing that Sam has brought up her lying consistently. And so I I just want to know what the lie. Sam, Sam. Text me, girl. Tell me what the lies are, please. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know what the damn lies are. But yes, yeah. I, but it, I loved the moment of KJ really saying, shut the hell up. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, stop. You are begging her to stop. Please stop. And, you know, we, there was a, a brief line earlier, a brief moment earlier of KJ genuinely getting frustrated with Sophie and not realizing or having the awareness. And if she did have the awareness, not caring that looking for an idol is putting a target on KJ's back. Mm -hmm. Looking for an idol means, oh, well, if she has one, got to put the votes on KJ just in case. You know, if if Sophie realizes that, then she just doesn't care about her sister. And if she doesn't realize that, and KJ's telling her, she just won't freaking listen. And so KJ really standing up for herself, I'm glad to see it. Because she is putting in the work. She's doing phenomenal in this game. And I think she deserves to go far. She deserves to at least go further than Sophie. Yeah, I I, I will say, like, I can respect that Sophie wants to be in the game and that she's not laying over for KJ. Like, she's not just dying on the sword for KJ. um, Because... We know that KJ is the big Survivor fan. You know, uh, they got Sophie uh, through. I mean, 
I don't know how the casting works, but they, they, they were very happy to end up with Sophie and her sister happened to be a huge Survivor fan. So like her sister's living her dream. Sophie's sort of like, now that she's here, she's really into it. And we, we see her playing hard and, uh, and, and taking it personally. And like, I mean, getting invested in the game. I can appreciate how invested Sophie is in staying in the game. So, you know, to some extent, I, I'm kind of happy to see her fight for her place in the game, even at her sister's expense. But ultimately, like, I'm rooting for KJ because, you know, she has this famous sister. It's it's KJ's time to shine. She's playing the game that she loves. Uh, so I'm happy with the result here. I mean, Sophie was already voted out. She has no business being in the game. I don't love these twists where people are voted out and then it's like, LOL, just kidding. So, uh, you know, we have finished what we started and sent Sophie home. Interesting here that Sophie sticks to the con plan. She does vote for con. I'm not sure that she thought anybody else was going to go along with her, but she does stick to it. And, you know, it's sort of like publicly reveals like, hey, like it's a little bit of a shot at con uh, in, a, in a public setting at tribal council to to get a vote. Uh, just further highlighting his threat level with this very publicly known idol that he has. Yeah. Um, The other highlight here is watching KJ tearfully vote out Sophie again, just giving the game away (laughs) in that moment because she is bawling. And it's again, it's just like another great element of the blood versus water thing. This is like, uh, I think the only time we have seen somebody vote for their loved one was Sierra before this. And now we've got two back-to-back episodes with it happening. And it really is the right way to play. I think KJ is showing like she is separating herself from her sister in the game. And she knows she's got an uphill battle with these people uh, because of the association with Sophie, but she's doing the best that she can. And I think actually KJ is doing quite well. Um, KJ is a flight attendant, ex-flight attendant, but a flight <laughs> attendant. So I never doubted her. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. And she couldn't work a flight that Josh is flying, right? <laughs> piloting, is that what you call it? Yeah, they're piloting. piloting. He's, uh, he's not flying the flight. He no, he's how would I how do you phrase it? I I, I could say he's piloting the flight. I'm I'm in charge of the flight. <laughs> I'm trying to think how would they actually say that. This is my flight. I'm flying. I'm flying today. No, they say it's, I'm flying. Oh, okay. So so the I don't know why it was so hard for me to come up with that. Um, but they take turns. So the first so uh, you alternate on your trip. It's like you each have a leg. I don't know. It's just like so you say I'm flying today. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Anything else we need to know about air travel? Um, you don't need to make so many pilot analogies because you're a pilot. <laughs> it's not as a pilot. I have my crew. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't need to. That's all. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, let's get into that because we've got some pilot analogies coming up. I know it. I know. We're it. on to episode nine. On the Blue Tribe, Chrissy and Sam are talking about who to target next in their big happy family because they all seem to be getting along. 
Uh, they're discussing Michelle and KJ as the next two logical boots, but they also want to scare Khan into playing his idol. This is interesting. This is an interesting like line for Sam to walk where she seems to be actually getting along quite well with Khan. And of course, Chrissy is like a very close ally of Khan's. So uh, it's interesting to see them, you know, want to move forward with him, but also want to scare him just a little bit. I love this scene. This is probably one of my favorite scenes of this episode. The fact that it's like you can love to work with somebody, you can trust that person, but you still want to get rid of the the unknown variable. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the better play and not something a lot of people do where it's like the easier thing is get rid of Khan with his idol or actually have the intention of getting him out and letting him play the idol. But for them to say... Let's just scare him, but we really want to keep him around. And Chrissy, like, just both of them being close with Khan and still wanting to do what's best for their game and take out the risk of this idol from this person. I I really, really liked it. I liked it. Yeah, I agree. And it's interesting because it's like, Khan seems to want to hang on to his idol. And Uh, We see Sam looking at this from every angle. Like she goes and talks to Khan and says, like, what are you doing with your idol? Like, it makes me a little nervous. And would you be willing to use that post-merge to benefit our group? And he says, like, of course. Like, I mean, what is he going to say? No. Um, He's like, that's why I'm keeping it. It's like, sure, girl. That's why you're keeping it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because like, I mean, I think of Shay again, who like couldn't wait to get rid of her idol. But Mm -hmm. Khan is hanging on to this thing. And it's going to be interesting. Interesting to see how that plays out versus how uh, Shay's game plays out now that she has no idol and seems to be fading into the background over on the Red Tribe. So uh, it's giving me Xander vibes. Which hanging onto the idol? Yeah, this idol that's like everybody knows it's there. They kind of are threatening the idea of let's flush it, but not really, but maybe use it. And it's just like still floating along. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we might be seeing Xander play on a future season of Blood vs. Water with uh, another returning player. Miss Andrea. I saw that Valentine's post. They're Valentine's. Andrea. Andrea, who I love. Boyfriend, girlfriend. I mean, I don't know. Uh, We're in the gossip section (laughs) of the podcast now. (gasps) Oh my gosh, can we do that? If uh, How about (laughs) as a reward... If we ever do under two hours, we can throw in three minutes of gossip. I think this episode is under two hours. We're going to be under two hours. We'll see. I'm telling you. We'll see. We're, we're at one night. We, we just covered a whole episode in like 20 minutes, 25 minutes. I uh. know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what else do we have here? On the Red Tribe, Amy is feeling unsafe because the original blues are outnumbering the original reds, as we said before. Um, she's feeling on the outs, and she's wary of her old ally, Jordan. Uh, now that he's with his cousin Josh, and we're seeing like a lot of talk about how Josh is kind of like calling the shots on this tribe now, and she feels like she's being like ghosted a little bit by Jordan, which is hilarious because he doesn't feel the same. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel like I, I feel like there's a little bit of a story here about Jordan not being fully aware of how he's coming off in the game because remember, like back when he was allied with Sophie, uh, and and just sort of like sort of being oblivious of that situation. And then also going and telling Amy, like, Hey, Amy, like you need to play your idol tonight. And it's just like, I feel like he's not, he's making the right moves on paper in the moment, but I feel like he's not fully aware of how he's coming off. It's just a sense I'm getting. 
Yeah. I it some there's clearly something there, but but still I, I don't know. He tried to save Amy, and I don't know why that's not relevant to her. When in that one episode um, where he walked up and said, play your idol mm-hmm. tonight, play your idol. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a huge show of faith and like trust. And I don't know. I don't yeah, know. but he still didn't vote with her that time, I think. Yeah, he still went with the plan. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, like I see what Jordan's doing. I think he's like, he's playing a dangerous game, in my opinion. I mean, like, he's a really strong guy. Uh, people seem to like him people seem to trust him but like i do think in the red tribe that of that alliance i think jordan's got a little bit of a target painted on him that that maybe jordy doesn't that maybe josh doesn't mm-hmm. for whatever reason well josh so, is piloting the um well, the tribe, yeah so. i mean you can't get rid of the pilot because yeah. then what happens uh so yeah josh and jordan uh, like i just think that as a duo they they could have a target on their back but but and yet they seem to be like avoiding it i don't know what's going on but josh and nina have a good working relationship and she seems to be happy to be allied with him for now for i wrote that down i wrote for now josh is number two period for now period (laughs) yeah yeah i like that nina's got good awareness yes she does and and it is probably the best thing for a game as much as i want people to target josh and jordan and jordy Nina knows what she's doing. And I think that this was like a very astute confessional from her. Let's go to the reward challenge. They're playing for fish and chips and they're doing it by playing a twisted version of tug of war where they're tugging a log back and forth, which will eventually uh, hopefully knock the opposing tribes uh, player off of a plank. It's uh, it's a really fun one. I was really gripped during this this challenge it's a tense challenge uh again it's like a moment i think where croc sort of like fails again as we talked about right where croc is unable to really pull out the win here despite like giving it his all and ultimately red wins red is chowing down on their fish and chips and lemons (laughs) right we see jordy take a bite out of a lemon and it's like I see what Jordy's doing. I just like, I'm confused about why nobody's looking at him as a threat, but okay. Yeah. Here we're seeing Josh sort of like slip into a godfather role on this tribe. He's sitting in the hammock, assessing everything. Um, He's looking at Mel because she's physically weaker. And we're seeing like, maybe she's got some social bonds. It's really hard to tell what's going on with Mel because they refuse to show us what's going on with Mel. But, you know, we see like a cute moment between her and Mark and Josh is observing the whole time. So, uh, I mean... It's quite interesting that Mel is being painted by Josh as like the big target, but okay. (laughs) It's just hard to know, right? And everything about Mel, every time that she's on screen, despite the fact that they're not showing us anything she has to say, I will say she's like has a very endearing quality about her. Uh, She's got a very cute smile. People seem to like talking to her. Um, but is she the threat that they're painting her to be? I don't know. She's not. <laughs> <laughs> She's not. I don't know. 
Yeah. It makes me sad because she's a fan. But I, I just, I'm not seeing it for her. I'm not it, seeing it is. It. It's frustrating to watch this super dominant alliance, this strong dominant alliance, being able to paint these people as huge menacing targets, right? Like Mel's not a target. We somebody needs to wake up and realize that, like. I, I wish Nina and Mark would be like, I don't know about Jordy, Jordan, and Josh. Like, it's too much. It's too much of, like, strong, beefy young guys calling the shots here. But I don't know. It is what it is. At the Blue Tribe, Chrissy's tired of losing. We're seeing, like, a, a very uh, low morale at the Blue Tribe here. Chrissy's, like, sort of cracking with missing her family and losing so out sad. on these rewards. Yeah, it is sad. I mean, she's upset. I, I, I mean, I understand. Look, she's upset. It's emotionally draining, etc. But, like, they just lost one reward, right? Like, she yeah. had hot dogs three days ago. And she <laughs> found an idol, idol with yeah. Croc. Uh, like, like she's having a good time. It's just like, I can understand though. It's like in the moment, she's not feeling it. Um, Khan is taking advantage of the low morale on the tribe, saying that when you lose a reward challenge, you start to see who's upset and who's feeling worried. And then you can target that person and push them out. I think this is like a very a smart observation from Khan. And he's seeing that Ben is the person taking it the hardest. You know, I, I, I was worried in the moment that he was going to be like, Chrissy's not taking this well. And like, I don't know if I can keep her, but actually it's Ben. And we actually even see then a shot of Chrissy consoling Ben and being like, don't be so hard on yourself, Ben. Yeah. Ben was getting a little wild. He was giving me some like, uh, who's that wrestler? The blonde one, Matt vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, um, <laughs> you've really got it out for Matt. This is not the first time you've brought Matt up. Listen, I <laughs> Matt was out of control. <laughs> he was out of control. <laughs> and Ben, uh, I don't know, like when he, Ben dropped down to his knees and was hitting the platform when he lost um his uh-huh, round of that tug of war, uh-huh. it was a lot. It was a lot to witness. Also, shout out for Chrissy continuing her beastdom challenge yeah. beast kicking ass yeah i glossed over that yeah yeah but yeah no i i ben's state when he's not doing well not great not great yeah uh con <laughs> talks to sam about targeting ben saying it's no longer a brawn game see i love this because it's like as much exactly all the things i'm ranting against on the red tribe in terms of just like a strong male dominated alliance is what's not happening on the blue tribe or not being allowed to happen it seems because we've got this like brilliant duo of con and sam and of course sam has jesse and they have chrissy and they have croc yeah who's a strong guy okay yeah but he's like the one uh in that group and that they're targeting ben and and recognizing hey we're coming up to merge like it's not time to keep our brawn so i love this this is this is what i want this is this is my blue to the red right you know (laughs) i'm team blue right now Am I team Let's blue? Go. Yeah, I'm. Te- I think I'm team blue. <laughs> yeah, are you team blue? Yeah, yeah. I love team blue. It's a great. Sam's dynamic. there. So yeah. Sam's there. Chrissy's there. Con's there. Like, I love it. Yeah. Okay, let's go to the immunity challenge. The tribes are navigating a trip obstacle and attempting to stack spools at the end of it. 
Uh, I like this one because usually we see this trip obstacle when it's the individual like domino challenge, Mm -hmm. but it's really fun to see this play out in a tribe dynamic because it's like one person can screw this up for everybody and then they have to live with that. Uh, and, and we actually do see that happen. Which I think it's actually shitty. Like, it's funny that it, all the weight can land on one person. And yet those other fools not putting the corks on or whatever the hell Mm -hmm. they are pegs on straight. They were putting them all kinds Mm -hmm. of weird ways. And for one person to take the blame for everyone's shortfall, I, I think it's a really, psychologically shitty thing (laughs) yeah yeah i love to watch it (laughs) uh in the end daddy long legs ben wins immunity for blue sitting red (laughs) tribal it's actually quite interesting because you know in the reward challenge where they're pulling on the log actually shay says ben's legs are so small now like there's he has such skinny legs now, like I guess losing his gains, right? Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. All this time on Survivor. And then hey, fast forward to the immunity challenge, pays off to have skinny legs. <laughs> <laughs> I was so stressed because like at the very end he did this like, yeah. And he I still know. had three steps, and I was like, Ben, shut the F I up. Know. Oh my god, if you hit it at the last second. <laughs> I really thought he might. I really thought he might take it. Oh, I thought down. it was done. I really thought I thought blood was winning. because of that moment. Yeah. But now blue wins and sends red to... Look, Jonathan has beat it out of me. I'm saying red and blue. I know. It's... Have you noticed? I literally was just noticing it. I was like, look at you. I'm I'm even saying the proper ones and you're still like responding with the colors. He he has (laughs) beaten it out of me. Okay. (laughs) I'm not saying it. Okay. I know what you want me to say. I'm not saying it. Okay, okay, let's go over to the red camp where they are scrambling before tribal. So what do we have here? Josh is eager to protect his cousin, Jordan. So he's rallying the votes against Mel. They're obsessed with Mel. Why are you so obsessed with me? I just don't get it. <laughs> it's driving me nuts. But of course, like keep in mind what we have learned since uh, Sandra's exit, which is that Mel is also injured. So mm, there's that. Yeah. Amy isn't loving that Josh and Jordan are running the show at the Red Camp. And I think she sees an opportunity here to make a big move. Now, big moves haven't necessarily gone in Amy's favor in the past, but she's going to try again. And I love her for it. She's talking to Mel and Juicy Dave about voting out Jordan. Uh, her old ally. She pulls Mark in as well, and they just need one more. So she goes to Shay. Big mistake. Ugh, big. Shay takes this information directly back to Josh. Tomato, 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 boo. <laughs> Not happy with Shay. <laughs> you know that TikTok sound? Tomato, tomato, tomato. No, but that's oh. funny. I was like, Is this a, what the hell are you saying? <laughs> I was really bummed with Shay doing that. Yeah. I, yeah. Like I look, I, I I get where she's at. I get that she's strong and is trying to ally herself with the strong guys. But it was like Shay, we had an opportunity here to make a big move. I, like I think it's all uh, Shay's game is really interesting because I think so far it's been actually quite flawless in terms of like she has her place in her alliance again. We're seeing her slide into like the middle to bottom tier of an alliance 
and um, she's playing that position well, and I get it, but I want to see her play aggressively because I think she could do it and it would be really interesting to watch, but I guess she thinks it's not the time. I think what's really tricky is this might be her playing aggressively and we're just biased and being pissed off that the strong boys are doing well. And I think for Shay, like when I look at, when I think about the list of what the, what this could have been, it could have been Nina. It could have been Amy and Mel and Juicy and Mark. Like she could have had this other alliance formed and she chose to go against that. And I, I think what it is, is like, ugh, if she goes with those other women and just sides with Amy, she's going to be the strong woman that's targeted first. Now she gets to be below all the strong boys and put a target on them mm-hmm. of like, oh, these challenge beasts, look at them. We got to get them out. The second they lose immunity, I actually think she's putting herself in the perfect position of anyone there like i really do it's just frustrating to see (laughs) i agree no i think i think she's playing the right game it's just i want her to i want to see her play a different game for like Uh, my own personal biased reasons which is that i don't want an all men's alliance going to the merge and i don't want shay to just like bolster that but whatever maybe she'll be able to break out of that like I, i am hopeful so uh, with that information, now that Shay has brought that plan directly back to Josh, uh, Josh is taking the info back and telling everybody. And so now they are flipping the vote from Mel to Amy out of revenge. Uh, they pull in Juicy, they pull in Mark, they pull in Nina. Mm-hmm. And now Nima, Nina has a dilemma because she sees herself as Jordan's number two. And she's like, I know I'm going to have to take him out at some time, but is it just too early to make that move? And she sees that she could be the swing vote here. There's a great moment with Mark, again, just like a throwaway moment with Mark, where Nina and Amy are talking behind the shelter. Mm-hmm. Mark walks by and he says, Dave and Mel are good. And it's like knowing how this plays out and that he's actually not voting with Amy. This is so brilliant because it's like he has to do almost nothing to convey to Amy. I'm with you. You're safe. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Not only am I with you, but I also got the numbers that you need. So like you're good. That scene was so stealth that when the votes were read, I actually went back to see Like, I wanted to double check, like, was he in on the vote? Because he said that little comment to Nina and Amy Mm -hmm. was like, damn, he's just that good. Yeah. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Really good. And then that he was, like, somehow able to confirm with Nina after the fact that, like, that wasn't true, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And we get a little moment from Nina of her acknowledging, I am being brought into every conversation. Mm -hmm. Love it, Nina. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. I was nervous because she was like talking about how she's in every conversation and that like she's the split vote here or the swing vote here. And I was just sort of thinking like, oh, no, like if she is the swing vote, is she going to piss off a whole bunch of people? And ultimately, that that wasn't really a big concern because Amy was more or less. Was she not? Oh, she wasn't unanimously sent home, but it was a split vote between her and Mel. So, like, ultimately, everybody was on the same page, and Nina didn't have to, like, put her neck out on the line to, like, make a decision here. So, Nina's still in a great position, I think. Yeah, but still, with those confessionals, like, you never know. 
Yeah. When someone says, I, I can't believe the amount of power I have. I have the swing vote. Okay, Sarah Lucina, go home. <laughs> you know, like you never freaking know. Yeah. So uh, let's go to tribal. Amy was expecting a blind side and boy, did she get one. Amy was sent home with what uh, appears to have been a split vote between her and Mel. I guess people were concerned that Amy might have had an idol, maybe. Um, I do have a gripe about this, which I think, remind me, if you brought this up in our previous recap or even our week one recap, but it is so clear that Mark and Nina are voting for Amy when they walk into their confessional, their voting booth and put pen to paper. They don't show us the vote, but it's like obvious they're writing Amy because they put the marker in the bottom left-hand corner of the voting (laughs) parchment. Yeah. It's like, there's no way like that. That is not Jordan. (laughs) That is not. Yeah. I never never said that, but yes. Okay. I had this conversation with somebody or I read it online or had it in my head, but oh, it's so frustrating because it's like, what's going to happen? Will they, won't they? And then it's like, wait a second. Don't like pretend to not show us the vote, but make it a hundred percent clear who they're voting for. However, you know, I will say this. So like my S's, I start from the bottom, which is very not what most people do. Some people write their letters wild. I know. And I actually do. I Trust me, I thought about it. I write my J's from the bottom. I thought, it could this be a J? I was like, there is a chance, but <laughs> there is not a chance that both Nina and Mark write J's like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, like, if that's how they wrote it, fine. But, like, uh, I don't know. They don't need to I mean, show that's, that. That's not what they wrote. So, like, yeah. why show us that? Yeah. <laughs> so, what was if, it? If, were, if they were... did write their J's like that, it would be brilliant to show them put their marker like that right you know but they don't so don't like don't spoil the vote yeah oh well frustrating <laughs> pet uh, peeves that's a pet peeve for it's the not as big a pet editors. peeve as the frankenstein lines especially nina's nina's frankenstein confessionals as you called them uh-huh. like fucking awful like Ev- like the tone of her voice in some of these confessionals, every other <laughs> word is from like a different day, a different distance from a mic pack. Like, yeah, it's so bad. Yeah, yeah. You will know. I, I noticed, I think, in this episode that there's a Sam confessional where they're cutting between the confessional and camp life, and Sam's confessionals are literally different location, different outfit. <laughs> It's so bad. Same idea. Same idea. And it totally made sense. And it like didn't sound too stitched together. Mm-hmm. But oh boy, was it not from the same confessional. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Amy R.I.P. I know. She had a lot of potential and she really tried. She just like couldn't get these big moves together. Yeah, which is unfortunate because she was actually willing to make them. And that's somehow a rarity. <laughs> yeah. And I think somebody said, or was it in the preview for next week, that like they don't want to see Khan's face when. Oh my god! When they show up to the challenge, it was as she was walking there. away after torture yeah. snuffed. Yeah. It's like they hadn't even occurred to them. It's so sad. Yeah, I am worried because like Khan seems very protective of Amy, and he's like very happy that she's there and that she's playing, and it's like. How is he going to react? I mean, he has a lot of power. He has this idol, but like, I mean, he's on the wrong tribe. So yeah. <laughs> to like make any moves against these people. And I'm trying to think, I mean, like he wouldn't have any way of knowing who sent 
her home and also like Josh and Jordan are already on the same track. So it's not like really he can exact revenge on a loved one unless it was like Jesse, but I don't think he's going to do that. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I could think of is if there's a twist where they're all at the same beach together having a reward or something, he finds out information and yeah. gives an idol to someone to play to idol someone out. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of or ifs. Does it affect his relationship with Sam? Oh. Because Mark took out Amy. Maybe. Hadn't even crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. Now my wheels are a churning. Oh, mm-hmm. I hope not. No, I, I doubt it. I doubt it. No, I doubt it. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. Depends how salty he is. Oh, he's pre- pretty salty. He looks pretty salty. <laughs> uh, also, we had a preview for next week where... Listen. Freaking Nina's like in trouble medically. And like, I don't want to see... Like, they're giving too much away. Yeah. We're not, I don't even want to talk about what we saw on Instagram this way that they're promoting this next week. Because I know it. I don't even want to like... If anybody hasn't seen it, don't watch it. Because it's like so spoilery. I hate their promos and it was like so clear last week that sandra was going home on sunday because they were promoting it like they were promoting that sandra was going home see and i still i thought it was nina the whole week because i know because it was like because it was like it's so obvious that they're promoting that sandra's going home but actually like they were just telling us like tune in because sandra's going home it was they even released like a eulogy video like a three minute long video of like sandra's moves in the game before (laughs) the episode aired there was a moment or there was um an Instagram story that Sandra posted hyping Nina up on Cameo. And I was like, oh no, she's trying to get Nina as much attention as she can before she goes home this week. Oh no. And no, it wasn't that at all. But I really read into their social media moves and their stories and whatnot. And I was avoiding all spoilers, but I remember I FaceTimed you yesterday and I was like, oh. Two or three people put out uh, Instagram posts where they had a spoiler warning. And those people, two of them were Khan and Amy. And I was like, huh, they've never done this before. Why are they doing a spoiler warning? And it's mm. because one of the two of them went home. <laughs> yeah. So they didn't want to like out it so easily. Well, look, like the official account for Australian Survivor and the players, they're very loosey-goosey on the social media. So I have to say, I, I'm following a lot of them, but I have them all muted because like, I can't, obviously I'm watching hours after the episode airs and I, you can't go on social media. Yeah, It's worse than Drag Race. Like You can't be on social media until you've seen the episode. I mean, Jonathan uh, so. tweets crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he is live tweeting Oh no, so f- like it's it's it's, it's yeah. too much. <laughs> uh, I didn't even have the heart to go to Jonathan's profile during that uh, episode with the fish and chips reward because the amount that he was talking about like tugging on poles and like <laughs> oh my god, pole. I, I don't even want to know what he tweeted during that. Oh no, there's a lot. There's specifically sure like there four was tweets, I, and I, I was just I, like, I could see the tweets in my mind's eye. Oh my god, it's. <laughs> I am such a fan. I <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He's too much. It's okay, so uh, gay centric. It's so good. We are uh, under two hours here. Amazing. And, uh, we don't have a gossip session ready. Can I just ask you, uh, who is standing out after week three? Is it changing any opinions on anybody that you had been rooting for previously? 
Um, you know, I, I felt like Chrissy was doing well, and we talked originally that last week she was kind of fading into the background, and that was disappointing. I think she's making a resurgence. I think it's really nice to see her have an ebb and flow. Um, so edit-wise, I feel like she could be a really big contender. Sam consistently, consistently has the best edit of anybody. Mm-hmm. I, I I still really think she could be the winner, and every decision she makes is so well thought out, and they give her screen time to explain, which is really awesome to see. Mark, oh, he has been in the right spot every step of the way. Well, no, not the first vote, when he voted incorrectly, but um, he's been in the right spot every step of the way for the most, and... Uh, but they're not showing his they're not showing him saying that he's doing these subtle things and these stealth mm-hmm. things. It's just happening and you have to pick up on it yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think they're making us do too much effort to see how great he is at the game and not showing us him talking about it. So that's a bummer. Um uh, damn, this I I don't know. I just think Sam's in the best spot. I, yeah. I hate I hate that I'm not having a variance in it though. I kind of wish I had weeks where it's like, oh man, this other person's coming out stronger. I think they could make it, but I'm only seeing Sam. Yeah, I think based based on the edit, I think that Sam is clearly doing the best. If she is winning, she's getting a coronation edit. Like everything is from Sam's perspective. She seems to read the game right all the time. She's asking herself the right questions, like when it comes to Khan's idol and what the best use of that is, the risks versus the rewards of not flushing it. And I just think we're like always seeing the right stuff from Sam. And like you say, we were seeing that from Mark, but that started to fade a little bit. And maybe it's because there's like too many varying dynamics on the Red Tribe now, but uh, we're just seeing less of it from Mark. I will say like, after some quiet episodes from both Chrissy and Nina, both of them are starting to come to the forefront and we're getting a lot of confessionals from them, a lot of game talk from them, uh, but not just game talk. We're also getting emotion from Chrissy. And I think that that's like quite intriguing because, you know, if all of these people were to sort of like make it far and go to the end, I think they're a very, very fascinating and dynamic group of people. The previews for next week suggest that not all of them are going to go to the end. Uh, So it's a little tricky uh, because I I do think there's other people who are in amazing positions like Jordy, for example. You know, Josh and Jordan have a target on their back as a result of being a pair on the same tribe, which again, a great choice for Mark, I think, to not join Sam's tribe because I don't know how sustainable this Josh and Jordan alliance is going to be in the long run for both of them. I think one of them could do well, but both seems like a stretch. Whereas like Jordy is sort of like top dog, it seems, in that alliance. And he's got Jesse on the other side, who's Sam's number one ally, it seems. So I think that like ultimately Jordy could be in a really, really good position right now. Yeah, yeah. Like b- biggest duo of the game to me is Jesse and Sam. And so if they're able to align with Jordy, it's amazing. Um I, I, damn I Shay is just in the back of my mind too. Yeah, Shay, I think Shay is in a great position. We talked about where she is in her alliance, and I think she's making the right moves. Uh, is 
Ben's perception over on the other tribe going to hinder her when it comes to merger? Will he even be there? Maybe if he's not there, she can do better without him. So we will see. Who do you think's at risk to go stuff. home? Who do I think's going home next week? Yeah. Like voting like all, out. All three? No, maybe just like one or two that you're like, <laughs> at least at least one of these people I definitely see going home in the next three episodes. Uh, yeah, so I could see Ben going home for sure. Mm. Uh, I could see Mel going home. I Like, I don't see that alpha male alliance over on the Red Tribe turning against each other this early on, and I don't think that the outsiders have the numbers to turn against them. So I think that that's like an easy vote. Mel will probably go home and hopefully we hear a confessional from her. You think Croc? Yeah. I think someone's going to let it slip, the idol. Mm. And the fact that he's the one who talked about, you don't tell anybody, and this is our idol, blah, blah, blah. I, I just feel like we're getting so much content of him not participating in the challenges in a way that's really beneficial right now. Um, he's, I don't know. I just feel like he's at risk. I also wonder if we'll see Khan's idol flushed. Oh, he must be. It's been talked point. about every episode. I, I don't know how Khan's doing it. Like, I don't know yeah. how he can be such a strong. He's so sweet in the episodes he's so strong he's so aware of what's going on he has this idol i just i don't see how they haven't targeted him already because yeah. it's almost it's too good to be true it's he's well, it's doing like they've, too they've well only been, they only went to tribal once out of the three episodes this week and it was such an obvious vote with sophie that like he got, they've kind of gotten lucky and yeah. actually surprisingly so considering how strong the red tribe is on paper in terms of like muscle mass um so it'll be interesting to see what happens if Blue is forced to go to tribal a bunch of times. I think I think Khan is in a good spot with the fact that Mark is no longer on a tribe with him. Mm-hmm. I think that could get him a few more days in the game. Yeah, maybe. If not yeah. making it very, very far. Because I really do see potential with Khan making it far. He's just too big of a presence, though. Yeah. He's too I think he's got to get rid of that idol, and I think things will ease up for him a little yep. bit. Yeah. Yep. Okay, well... There's only one way to find out. We're going to watch next week, and we will be back next week to recap week four of Australian Survivor Blood vs. Water. To make sure you don't miss it, subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. Also, we will have an episode next week with myself and Evan Ross Katz talking our dream casting for a second chance too. Just a little fun episode. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> that'll be out next week. Uh, oh. So. I, I hope I make the list. putting together my list right now. Uh, so stay tuned for that one. Uh, that will probably come next Thursday, I'm guessing, after our recap of Australian Survivor. Uh, we've also got some fun interviews lined up with Survivor alumni, so you don't want to miss that. If you liked this, rate and review it. Tell your Australian friends about it. If you're Australian, send us a voice memo. <laughs> Please! Especially if you are a player of this season and you're allowed to feel free to send us a voice memo just saying like how cute we are how precious how great we are they can't see how cute i am Um, uh they all follow you on the instagram (laughs) not all okay so (laughs) let's move on from that thank you so much for listening we'll see you next week bye bye